It's playoff time. Big stakes, bigger promotions every day of basketball and hockey playoffs. DraftKings will have $20,000 in total prizes up for grabs. The best part? It's free for you to get a shot at these daily cash prizes. DraftKings will be offering two free play pools every day of the NBA playoffs, offering players a free shot at $20,000 in total prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's game and track your results throughout the evening. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at $20,000 in total prizes every day of the playoffs. Head to DraftKings pool page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Today on the Soda Pod, Laura and Colin of Bent Paddle Brewing Company join us in the Hoppy Hour. Then we're going to dive into how... Kirill Kaprizov is fully to blame for the Wilds game two loss against the Vegas Golden Knights. I got a little bit of a Canucks rant going on about the joke of the National Hockey League. All that and more on episode 155 of the Soda Pod. Let's go. From the Wildwoods of Vancouver Island, welcome to the Soda Pod. You should join me here alongside the state of Hoppy, and thank you for joining us wherever and whenever you are listening. Very special guests lined up in this exciting Hoppy Hour, but first, Hoppy, your boy, Marc-Andre, what a performance he's had thus far. Yeah, man, he couldn't get that empty net goal at the end of the game, though. I'm a little disappointed. That that would have sealed his Hall of Fame campaign. I would have given it to him there on the spot if he had buried that one. Um, but Hey, he's, he's been lights out so far. We'll see if the, uh, the Jekyll and Hyde go back and forth at all moving forward. Yeah. And we're going to get into a lot of that in our wild talk segment. Uh, have you been winning any money lately, uh, as, uh, as per daily fantasy with DraftKings or through other means? Uh, well, I mean, I live in Minnesota, so I can't legally bet on sports, but I know some people that, yeah, they've been doing okay betting on sports right now. Um, Unfortunately, I, I know someone that won on Vegas last night, but we all knew that was coming. Uh, Marcus Hunt, who's joining us on YouTube. Oh my God, Hoppy, I was just minding my own business and I found your TikTok. I was literally just on my FYP. Like what? I don't know what that means, but thank you. At State of Hoppy on TikTok. Um, <laughs> thanks to everyone tuning in on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. You can comment live on the, the, the live stream here at the Soda Pod, or you can give us a text message or call us live, 612-324-1684. And that's courtesy of Open Phone. It's a cell phone in an app. Great monthly rates at only 10 bucks a month only with 
Open Phone. Uh, the Hockey Podcast Network and the Soda Pod is powered by DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use promo code THPN for a sign-up bonus if you're not already a user or for weekly deals if you've already signed up via the Daily Fantasy app or DraftKings.com. All right. On the other side, let's dive into the hoppy hour with our friends from Bent Paddle Brewing. You're listening to the Soda Pod episode 155 presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. First, I'd like to propose a toast to UMD goaltender Alex Stalock. To Stalock! To Stalock! I love that stuff. Been drinking it for years. You know, I, I heard they recently decided to add more hops to it. You're all hopped out? Pleased to be joined here by <laughs> our friends at Bent Paddle Brewing, both Laura and Colin Mullen. How are we doing today? We Great. are doing! <laughs> Long time coming. Uh, yeah, know, but right? before, before we get into making the rounds on what everyone's drinking, we, we got to poke a little bit of fun here. I know uh, the Canadian <laughs> reached out a little over a year ago, and you guys just like weren't having it at all, just wasn't of interest. <laughs> and then the nice Minnesotan reaches out, and Laura gets back right away. Uh, I mean, care to comment any further? Uh, I don't know. Like, I feel like there was a pandemic, so. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> That is the best answer. <laughs> but oh, man. we love beer and we love hockey, so we're excited to be here. No, and we're thrilled to have you guys as well. Absolutely. And let, let's hear from you two first then. What is on tap here tonight? Oh, I'm drinking the Wilderness Tuxedo, the Pog. So it's an American sour ale with passion fruit, guava, and orange. And Colin is wearing the shirt. We got a nice. shirt. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's amazing. Incentive well, for the podcast. Incentive for the podcast listeners to go and check out uh, the video <laughs> after via YouTube or wherever you follow the Soda Pod. I, you having, I've sir? got a classic. It's a uh, literally a brand we launched uh, the minute COVID shutdowns happened. It's so. last March. Good time to launch a beer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it's a it's a um, it's a cream ale. It's a cream ale, and it's uh, something that we're excited to uh, put in the X once uh, beer becomes normal again. So which is close. Oh. Oh, baby. Here we go. Um, well, I got this tasty little number here, the 14-degree ESB. Um, yep, that's one my of favorite. My, oh, it's, it's up there for me, too, for you guys. Um, uh, it's just different, right? Like, no one else really replicates this, and it stands out, and I like that. But I do have to say, all the different coffee variations you guys do are also right up there for me. Thank nice. you. Awesome. Nice. All right. Uh, I got one of my favorites uh, from Phillips Brewing. It's the Stick and Fast Barrel Age Stick and Alt Beer 6.9. The last beer out of the space case that I had uh, around Christmas time. Shout out Phillips Brewing. They are unbelievable. So excited for what they got on tap this summer. And hopefully SodaPod will be doing some on-location content with them uh, around in you know, July, August, uh, if, if things are looking good. But they're excited about what we're doing here, even though it's a Minnesota-based podcast hosted by someone on Vancouver Island. They love beer, and I can't <laughs> wait to collaborate with Phillips. So uh, cheers, everybody uh, listening to the Hoppy Hour. Cheers! cheers. I like that mysterious hand that comes at you and gives you beer. Oh, That's best, pretty best special. Pro- best producer in the world, uh, Dylan Kayser, hitting switches and controls. Awesome. And I'm I'm sorry, guys. I disappointed a little bit. He barely even mentioned that he's from Vancouver Island and didn't tell you anything about how beautiful it is. So That's I oversold the Hawaii it. Hawaii of Canada. 
I'm not even lying. It is. It's it's as far west. It's 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 amazing here for all for all the nerds out there too. Uh, Return of the Jedi was fucking filmed here. Wow. You know that this is Endor, Vancouver Island. So I'm just saying, I'm just saying, it's the most beautiful place in the world. And you can surf here. That's why I say it's the Hawaii of Canada. You do know you can surf in Duluth. <laughs> You can. People do it in wetsuits. It's madness. Yeah. In the middle of winter. It's amazing. It's probably nicer where you are to do The that. Hawaii of Minnesota. Yes. <laughs> we got the longest, uh, what is it, the biggest sandbar in the world? Largest freshwater sandbar in the world. So we got stuff. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> you have more than 10,000 lakes. That's unbelievable. That that rivals my beautiful province of BC. But hey, I'm not going to leave this island the Hawaii of Canada anytime soon. Anyways, <laughs> all right, let, let's jump into uh, the, the hoppy hour here and, you know, get to know you guys a little bit more. Let's start with the origin story of Bent Paddle from the start to what it is now, which is honestly one of the biggest and most popular craft breweries in the, the great state of hoppy. So, you know, tell us the story. Where did it start and how did you get to this point today? Well, from a beer perspective, it started uh, as a hobby turned profession. So, uh, my personal story goes along those lines where uh, post-college as a music major, I decided to get into, uh, you know, things like brewing and uh, got so into it that I started working at a homebrew store and then was teaching brewing. And then I got a brewing job and uh, seven years later, uh, found a partner in brewing uh, through Brian, my business partner who was also at the same trajectory. And then also um, my wife, Laura, and I met through the brewing industry. And uh, and then uh, Brian's wife, Karen, came along uh, for the ride. And we all decided, hey, let's move to Duluth and uh, open up a brewery. Yeah, so I'm born and raised in Duluth, but I was gone for 15 years. But I missed the lake. Our business partners, Brian and Karen, they went to UMD. And uh, they also love and miss the lake. And we just decided to put down roots here. thought it would be an amazing place for a brewery. The water of Lake Superior is ridiculously good for brewing. Yeah. And it's just a great community as well. How many, there's four ingredients in beer, right? So uh, we figured we'd try to position ourselves outside one of them. If we could have just had the, like the great barley fields, and, like to the right <laughs> and the hop fields to the south, we'd be in like prime territory. So yeah, that's, that's the dream though, right? Right. <laughs> so uh, fast forward, we, uh, we got going, we were making things um, and uh, there's a lot in between. I don't there's know. There's a ton in between. Uh, so yeah, Brian and Colin were both brewing in the cities. He was at Barley John's Brew Pub, head brewer there. And Brian, he went to the Siebel Institute in Chicago and Munich. And so he has his degree in brewing. And when we knew him, first met him in the industry, he was the head brewer at Rock Bottom in Minneapolis, right after Todd left to go to Surly. And uh, we just knew each other from the industry and thought, um, I had run my own small business beforehand, before this, and we knew what it was like to have a family running a company. So we wanted to jump off and have uh, two couples do that to kind of carry the load. And it's been an amazing uh, experience for us ever since, and it was a great call. So yeah, we moved up here um, at the same time in 2012. Yes. <laughs> um, and it's funny, we brought newborns with us. So we started a brewery and had babies the same fucking year so fun, it was fact, so fun fact our partnership uh we were our couples were married nine days apart 
in the same year and our babies were born three days apart so we were kind of oh wow on the same trajectory and they're like awkward best friends it's real cute they're not awkward they're amazing i just mean it's it's two story book. Um, so it, it works out. So yeah, we moved here, um, put our brewery in, the, in Lincoln Park, which is a, a community of Duluth that didn't have tons going on. Um, but in pure craft beer style, our entry there and the tap room um, brought a lot of people to an area of Duluth that didn't have a lot tons going on. Um, it had a lot of cool old tenants, but then there was a lot of vacant storefronts. Um, the brewery came in and within a couple of years, there were some cool restaurants and it has just exploded. Uh, we've to- we've coined it along with the neighborhood groups, uh, the Lincoln Park Craft District, um, because there's us crafting beer. There's Frost River. They're crafting packs made by hand. Uh, we have OMC, which is a sister restaurant to the Duluth Grill, and they're crafting barbecue and on and on and on pottery stores. Uh, it's just exploded as an amazing, fun, modern neighborhood in Duluth. And we're super proud of that. In Absolutely. addition to the beer and our new taproom. This is not new. It's like two years old. <laughs> <laughs> One year doesn't count. COVID kind of shut it down. But we have a we have a we moved our from our original production brewery. We had a, about a 50 seat taproom, and now we have about a 250 seat taproom in a nearby building, and that has been just an amazing wow. living room for the brewery and delivered to have fun craft beer. Oh, that, that that's that's an amazing story. I have to ask, what's more difficult, opening a brewery with a newborn or navigating navigating a COVID world? Brewery opening. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, here's here's the rub. I think that 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 gave us a lot of nimbility training, mm-hmm. and so what you go. needed in the last year was a lot of nimbility. Um, so I think they complement each other in a weird way. Um. <laughs> yeah, we say every like one or two years, there's some major crisis. And like the fact that we're kind of like, eh, let's just maneuver through it and figure it out is uh, a testament to business ownership, I'd say. <laughs> and it's, well, it's certainly been stressful. <laughs> it, it, yes. <laughs> no, and it's stressful. I mean, it, it's hit, you know, a lot of businesses, especially in the service industry, especially the, the smaller businesses. And obviously, you know, with experience, it's it's easier to navigate but like you said, there are adjustments and there, and, and it's just hard at the end of the day. So what were some of the, the things you had to face as far as adjustments? How did you, you know, you know, succeed through it where, you know, a lot of breweries had to, you know, just shut everything down for a little bit. Um, I think we were closed a total during all of COVID um, for two weeks and that's it. When it came to um, just fully shutting down um, one week in particular was right when everything went down in last March and we just didn't know what to do, but we opened pretty quickly with curbside, um, you know, growlers and crawlers to go. We are, but the majority of our business is um, the the market. So bars, liquor stores, and restaurants. And even though restaurants and bars are partners there. We're, we're excited also, that they're coming back. Yes, we're so excited. <laughs> uh, even though they were shut down, the liquor stores were booming. Uh, so <laughs> that was good. So just keeping beer in the liquor stores uh, was I, I guess our number one priority and making it a safe environment for people when they did want to pick up a growler or crawler. We actually um, kind of not an award or anything, but like the Minnesota Craft Brewers Guild featured us out of the 180 breweries in the state um, as one of two that were doing kind of COVID things really, really, really safely. Yeah. And we're super proud of that. So it's I mean, just- our, our only our only revenue lifeline was our production facility. So we yeah. kept a very tight um, like bubble around that because. Yeah. Uh, mm. honestly, like to have that shut down due to 
COVID would have been um, just another wonderful thing. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I mean, with all of this, then it was this something where you capitalized on, you know, that kind of market then and up the distribution to make up for not being able yeah. to do things at bars in the tap room or how did you kind of navigate that to get through COVID? Yeah, so absolutely. We, um, we were, you know, prior to COVID, we were running a pretty traditional model in terms of our, like packaging mix, you know, we were brewing and packaging into cans and kegs and it was about, uh, I don't know, 50, 50 or 40, 60, depending on the seasonality mm -hmm. uh, mix. And so to go from um, that, type of behavior to 100% cans was uh, definitely a huge pivot for our production team. But uh, kudos to them for uh, making that pivot with us. And um, we thankfully had inventory of cans that we were able to pivot and, and do a lot of things uh, yeah. to keep beer going out because that was literally like I said before. The aluminum shortage was no joke too. <laughs> like just trying to get cans in excess of what we yeah. had contracted uh, was a problem. So, but we did it somehow. Um, I'd say also just the PPP, like all the government handouts that we got as businesses were incredibly helpful. I, I, I don't know what we would have done. We wouldn't have been able to keep people on as extensively without that. It was um, a lifesaver. So awesome. Well, that helps. And so, I mean, now that we're hopefully pivoting out of, you know, COVID life, never going to be fully normal, but go in that direction. What do you really see then moving forward? Are you going to continue going that direction with upped distribution going into new markets? Or are you going to kind of dial that back now that you're focusing more local? Well, we're in all of Minnesota, all of Wisconsin and North and South Dakota. And wow. I think we're pretty happy with that currently. Um, so all of Wisconsin is, we used to be in like three quarters of it, but now we're in all of it. We we did put South Dakota in there. So we're really, the kind of new markets to us. So just fulfilling that and really having those markets get to know us is our priority, especially after COVID. And the thing about craft beer is it's, it's a, you know, it's best enjoyed closer to the source. Mm -hmm. It doesn't travel as well as whiskey Spirits or, or other things. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we, we try to just make sure that, uh, you know, the beer is the number one focus for us. So um, the further you go, I mean, if we're shipping stuff to the, uh, what, what did you call it? The Hawaii, the Hawaii. of Canada. Um, <laughs> it's not going to hold up as well. And, you know, it, and it wouldn't be a great representation of what we're proud of. So we try to keep it as, as regional, regional and um, supportive as we can, because at the end of the day, uh, it's not the stuff on the outside of the can, but the stuff on the inside. So, see, see, that's why Hoppy. I just, uh, I need you to be out here to have the beer. That's why you haven't re gotten your care package from me yet. <laughs> oh yeah, because it, it just won't be fresh, you know. Is it because uh, I didn't answer your email for a year? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have brought up an inside thing during an interview. But uh, Hoppy, when, when I, I sent him a care package, and he has not reciprocated. <laughs> Yeah, um, I brought Hoppy on, and instead he gave me a signing bonus of Minnesota beers, and then I kind of forgot to send him a package back. But I owe him. Thanks. <laughs> um, let's pivot a little bit. Uh, Colin, like you said, uh, you're a music guy. I both studied it. I imagine you're a big music fan, too. I'm I'm a music guy myself, actually, before getting into the podcast space and, and, and audio production here. I was doing, you know, music production and working in the studio and touring around actually Alberta up here in Canada after I was in high school and before university. So I want to just dive into music a little bit and more so just what will keep things local, uh, the Minnesota local music scene. Now I know 
we can't cover the entire state. But growing up, um, I was into blues. I was into rock and especially at the time, you know, quote unquote, underground hip hop. And one of the best labels ever is Rhyme Sayers, I have to say. And they're still going strong. And they're Minnesota's, you know, finest as far as hip hop there. So I just wanted to know, like, we can stay within the hip hop world or, or go out to folk, blues, <laughs> rock, whatever. But like, what are some great Minnesota, you know, bands um, and, and just your experience, you know, in the in the music world there in the state? I'll, I'll do hip hop and then you can take it from <laughs> awesome, <'cause>, uh, <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, I'm just like incredibly proud that Lizzo was here and a part of that for so long. It was super cool. Um, I actually went to go see her with a friend who'd never heard of her because it, she wasn't from Minnesota when we were in Nashville. And um, Dessa, you know, I would love to meet her someday. And like, it's that's just an amazing scene. And I'm so proud of it. And everything that Prince brought to that, to the culture of Minneapolis and Minnesota in general. And the fact that he hung out in Chanhassen for his whole life is just uh, an amazing thing. I'm very proud of that as Minnesotans. But then also Bob Dylan uh, was born here in Duluth, Minnesota. Um, doesn't lo didn't love it. Uh, he, and then he was in Virginia. He grew up in Virginia. But I mean, Prince and Bob Dylan are, you know, pretty legends. big legends and so proud to have them from Minnesota. Oh, Colin... My my mother actually she she's a huge Prince fan growing up and uh, she gave me one of his records which is Purple Rain on purple vinyl so oh. like that thing that thing's never leaving the <laughs> leaving the, the case I'm, I'm telling you yes Colin you have other yeah um and <laughs> yeah <laughs> you have other musical my interests. my my major was more classical so um uh, I, I that's where I was coming at it. Uh, so very into performance and, and playing anything with strings. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, that the uh, underground hip hop world didn't really um, uh, go along with what I was into at the time. But um, some things that I'm excited about um, and generally uh, and when I play music, uh, you know, I get inspiration from bands like Wilco and, you know, a lot of dad rock, I guess, is someone described it to me uh, a little while ago which i thought was really interesting but one of the one of the coolest things i guess one of the coolest things for me in terms of beer and music because i like to tie things together mm -hmm. uh is that we partnered with our local band uh trampled by turtles up in Duluth. Oh, uh, love them by the way you yeah. know obviously Mike you're just kissing russo's ass yeah but. michael <laughs> no no michael russo has has trampled by turtles filled uh featured in all his podcasts there and i love that folk style so I've, i was hooked i started listening to him and then pretty much all their albums so that, nice. that's amazing so yeah, uh, you know, it was just a, such a cool partnership that we we came across and talked to the band, and um, we brewed a beer for them and, and put it into cans. And uh, one of my crowning achievements as a musician was getting that beer in cans out at Red Rocks for their show, yeah. which oh, I think I saw Russo so backstage. Cool. So really, that's, yeah. Oh, that's, that's awesome! Exciting. Yeah, um, it sold so, out in the first yeah. quarter of the show, though they didn't. Uh, it as a, as a musician, that's probably the closest I'll be to playing Red Rocks, but the fact that my beer was there and i got to buy it there was and unreal. the band was drinking it on stage it was yeah. it was a great moment yeah that was yeah. that was like a crowning moment for me and we got to go backstage and see the wall where artists like sign their names and that was mind-blowing yeah. oh amazing uh, last question they're calling as you know uh classical music have you performed uh in you know, any, anywhere around the world or anywhere in the states of of, of note and you know do you have any of those experiences and i was super young and it's kind of funny you said 
you know, you, you didn't really dive into the underground hip hop with your background. I, my background. And I say like, I was almost embarrassed. I was embarrassed of this when I was a kid. Now I, 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 I sing it proudly. I was in like a professional, like youth choir slash adult <laughs> choir where, you know, the, I was in the alto section. They threw me in the, the adult choir and I actually was privileged at the time. And again, didn't, was kind of a little cocky kid. Cause I was like, Oh, I don't like being a choir. I want to be a rock star, but we had the opportunity to actually go and sing at Carnegie hall in New York. And I was only like nine or 10 years old. And now looking back on that experience, I was like, wow, like such a big development for me as a musician at the time. And I was now looking back. I'm so proud of that, even though I got into underground hip hop admittedly after, but like, where's music taking you, you know, within this, within the United States and, and even outside. So yeah, prior to uh, the beer world, um, kind of my, like where I took music classically was it was college. So I went to Gustavus Adolphus College in St. Peter, Minnesota, which is about an hour south of the Twin Cities. And uh, I majored in uh, stand-up bass. So um, I was wow. a bass player. Uh, and we got to travel around, of course, uh, spreading the good word of Gustavus all over the world. I think we did, a, yeah, we did a couple of um, regional tours and then uh, getting over to the British Isles was one of my favorite things. And uh, you know, having to send the bases out over ship versus playing because they're so big, <laughs> you know, that's crazy. Uh, but, you know, made a lot of just wonderful lifetime friends. And uh, some of them ended up being investors later on in our brewing concept. So uh, music has always done me well uh, in terms of relationships and, and enjoyment. And uh, when there's not beer, music can get me through. So. No, well said. And the connection between even just the craft beer world and the music scene these days, especially with like, I know not in a, you know, COVID world, but with festivals and now with all these like online, um, like, uh, couch concerts and stuff that, you know, local breweries are jumping on for sponsors and partnerships. I mean, that, that relationship's never going to die. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's, what's been so fun about having that angle is, um, you know, when we built our new tap room, I got to play around with setting up, uh, something that, we could support musicians and, and hire and pay musicians and uh, make sure we had, uh, you know, growth in our music scene in Duluth. And uh, we're looking forward to things opening back up. We um, commissioned a stage uh, that we're going to be launching hopefully uh, within the next couple of weeks as well. So some outdoor en entertainment and uh, getting that all dialed in. We're, um, we're just, we're excited to uh, be sharing the things we all love together again. Awesome. And now let's, pivot back a little bit to the beer talk. Um, I've, I've sang the praises of Duluth as just like an underappreciated beer oasis for so long. I don't say that just because you're here. Uh, our one year anniversary, me and my wife, I mean, it, it helps that it was the end of September. So it was just beautiful to go up to Duluth, but we went up, did some hiking, saw some, you know, nice sights, and then literally just hit as many breweries as we could, including your tap room. Um, First, I have to comment that I obviously loved the uh, bubble hockey that you had going on. Uh, yes. Um, I, I was hoping you'd bring it up. <laughs> oh, of course. Of course. But uh, just talk as a whole, because I know like Minnesota as a whole has a very tight knit beer community, right? I mean, talk about just how crazy it is the amount of great breweries Duluth boasts and like what it's like up there too with all of you collaborating. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, when we started Ben Paddle, there was 36 six breweries in Minnesota. <laughs> uh, and this was eight years ago. Seven, yep. seven eight years ago. <laughs> so uh, now fast now, forward to now, there's uh, 200 well some. 100. Yeah, it might. Yeah, last I checked, 180, 200. Yeah. And 
But wow. there's a scale difference and like the taproom law that happened in 2011 when we were in planning for Vent Paddle um, changed, you know, did that uh, to the industry, which we love. I always say every American craft brewery or like town has a, a, a craft brewery and it's like the Irish pub of, you know, America. And it's just so neat. It's a gathering place and a community place. And the beer just really brings people together. Yeah. But speaking and, to our community yeah. as, as a whole, I mean, we like to practice what we call co-opetition, which is, you know, we're all kind of in it together. And, um, you know, if someone's low on, um, you know, cannons or someone's low on something, we all work together on raw materials. We'll, we'll trade and do things. And, um, you know, we, we support each other's brands and, uh, you know, we're telling the whole story of, of, well, not only Minnesota, but then we get to tell the story of, uh, the common water we share, which is like mm -hmm. superior. So we get to lean on that a little bit and, and boast because, uh, that water source is, uh, it is a neutral water source for brewing, which if you know anything about brewing, water uh, can make or break a style. So you're either adding things or subtracting things to try to like emulate famous styles from around the world. Well, we get the opportunity to only add because it's such a neutral source. So we get to we, we get to have a playground without a big RO system. <laughs> and just for some fun call outs like um, so Dave Hoops, uh, you know, the Fitker's Brew Pub was one of the first brew pubs in the state and he was the brewer there for so long. But now he has Hoops Brewing in the Canal Park area of Duluth and um, just kind of a legend. He's a GABF judge and he's just a great guy that uh, we've known for years. And uh, in our neighborhood in Lincoln Park in the craft district, we have Ursa Minor and two cideries. And people were like, oh, there's other things moving in. I was like, that's why it's a craft district. Like <laughs> it get, you park there and you wander around and that's how we travel. That's how we want people to visit Duluth and come to Lincoln Park. So we think of it as a win-win. The more you know, the market share in general of craft beer is still only like 12% of all beer consumed compared to macro and other things. And, you know, the more the merrier, if we can have people have such a great experience with a, a craft beer, we want them to do that and enjoy their, their neighbors making a, a craft product. Absolutely. Okay. And I'll, I'll soften this for you, but I'm going to put you on the spot because I, I do put you guys in just the top tier upper echelon of a lot of the breweries here in Minnesota. You're my favorite in Duluth. What's your favorite non-bent paddle beer in Duluth? In Duluth. So that's a good question, man. That, <laughs> you, you should have given me at least 23 minutes to figure this one. Hey, tell you what, I'll, I'll give you a second here. Cause you mentioned them. Uh, it was funny. So my, our anniversary trip that we took up there, was also the one year anniversary weekend for Ursa Minor, who has Fun. such a cool, like welcoming tap room, really good and different styles of beer. Um, that that was my, you know, favorite behind Bent Paddle, at least in our trip. But again, mm -hmm. I, I don't think I had any bad beers on that trip. So yeah, um, I've I've been enjoying a lot of Hoops's uh, different IPA variations. I couldn't give you a number, but yeah, I, they have numbers, not names. So like, but yeah. I, <laughs> I tend to I tend that, to enjoy that them. That threw me for a loop. <laughs> um, and then I also like, kind of like, throughout my whole career, like the El Nino IPA at Fickers was always like my bellwether for what's going on in Duluth. That was just like, that was always the beer that um, I checked in on whenever I was traveling through. Um, I like Blacklist. 
and I'm blank. Eau de, it's <laughs> help me. Eau, Eau de Belgique. Eau de Belgique. Yeah. Golden, have, golden Belgian. Golden yeah. Belgian from Blacklist. Yeah. I would say it would be mine. And you can do axe throwing there. So that's fun. <laughs> okay. I can get on board with that. I haven't, I haven't done axe throwing yet, but uh, my, my producer here, we got a gift card to one. We still got to use that soon. Yeah, axe you just throw an axe. You have it's a literally, wall. It's that would literally work. just down the road from this studio too. We got to take advantage of that. I think you should go. You should have an episode off site where you're just throwing axes. Oh my yes. god! Yeah, no Don't damage to the equipment. None. <laughs> we'll take the old equipment. Tell you what, I, I trust myself more than Isha. I'll come up to Duluth and we'll do that. Just the three of us. We'll leave him out of it. That, that's probably the smart idea, <laughs> right? Um, but okay, so we hit on Duluth craft beer. But I mean, let's be real. Like as far as meccas go, it's not just beer. It's hockey, right? You look at the, the grassroots programs there for youth hockey, tons of different Duluth schools. I was actually a junior in high school and had to play against the wagon that was Hermantown <laughs> when they like kind of broke out of their shell. That was their undefeated season, won the state tourney, and they have not looked back. But, I mean, whether you guys want to talk local, just beer league hockey, whether you want to talk high school hockey, talk Duluth Bulldogs, who have just been a unit for the last like five years as well, Let's just talk Duluth hockey as a whole. Where do you want to lead off? So Women's can I start hockey? All of it. Yes. Can I start with one thing? I'm from uh, St. Louis Park down by Minneapolis, so I'm just learning all this as well. Um, but I'm having so much fun uh, getting into the culture of hockey up here uh, with just with friends and just learning like just how deep it goes, uh, like trying to keep up with people on the rink in the winter and going, Oh yeah, you probably did this really well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I'm, a, I'm, I'm absolutely an armchair hockey enjoyer. Uh, I, you know, I, the only game I buy on Xbox is NHL cause that's like my little 15 minute, like chill out. Um, and, I guess it's a subscription now and I'm getting old and I can't figure it out. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I still play that. That's, that's like my, my chill place for hockey. And then um, I also last night got to actually watch hockey for the first time this year because we don't have cable. And then I can't figure out how to, watch it on the other thing oh colin i got your back i can't tell you i, I legally can't tell you on this live stream but but i'll hook I, it up and I, your email. yeah all right and I, I like figured out some stuff and then i was like oh i was watching it for one thing and then i'm like ah this is too hard but then it's for an whatever HD reason you're set you're good whatever reason it, the game was on last night and i was home and i was like oh my gosh and we're going on a hockey podcast tomorrow <laughs> amazing <laughs> i wish i wish we would have won but uh I got to say that was for me an exciting check in on the wild because I haven't been able to see the development of the wild this season and just to see how much they were skating and passing and making exciting plays versus very careful, um, like uh, chess style hockey, I guess. Uh, it was it was exciting for me and I, uh, I relished in it. Yeah, not the Jacques Lemaire shell defense anymore, for sure. Yeah, I don't have all the words that you guys have, but I just know that I enjoyed it. <laughs> no, for sure. Well, and, and Laura, let's kick it over to you then. So I know you don't really watch a ton of hockey, but I, I don't watch us, any I mean, hockey. You, you, play, you play quite a bit of it, though. I play women's ice hockey. I, I randomly started my freshman year of college because my best friend was like, let's play hockey. And I was like, all right, I'm from Duluth. That seems right. And... um. It was so fun, at, and I've never looked back um, because I have played, uh, other than living in Savannah, Georgia, where there is no ice, um, 
and a little bit while Except I was, in your cocktail. Right. <laughs> and a little bit while pregnant, I've played ever since and I'm in my forties now. So uh, it's just an amazing sport that I just love. I remember I have a funny anecdote that's maybe a little taboo, but I never played any sports growing up in high school, nothing. And so when I called my parents, you know, the first whatever of freshman year, I said, I'm, I started playing women's ice hockey and they apparently hung up the phone and said, she could have told us she was pregnant and we'd be less surprised. Uh, it was just <laughs> <laughs> like mind blowing to them. <laughs> so, like, uh, But I played Colin um, really, I played on a team in Minneapolis called Anarchy and the, it's the WAM league, the women's ice hockey association of Minnesota. And that was my uh, team after college. Uh, once I moved back from Georgia and Colin, um, came along for the ride and always ran the score box with a friend and helped us go all over. He's like, I ran like ColecoVision grade, <laughs> like score things to like make at least the score go up. Yeah. I couldn't figure out the penalty box. My feet were freezing, uh, but I was there for it. I was <laughs> yeah. there for it. And I loved every minute it was of so it. Cute. And sea level women's ice hockey club teams do not play at good times or anything. But what's really cute is he got to know um, another teammate, my favorite teammate, Janine, uh, her husband, they would work the box all the time together. And they actually became investors in bed paddle, which is pretty awesome. So hockey wow. really, helped us with that and uh yeah wonderful people it's all about connections connections and, and, and we're doing things work. we love and yeah. uh, that's how you connect with people <laughs> but Snowing i say people. in duluth um i come from a hockey family in duluth so my main name is Freiburger, and there's an arena up here that they call Freezeburger, unfortunately um <laughs> but you know it was back in the 60s when it was built it was uh a covered rink so hallelujah but now it's just aged out significantly uh maybe a, a future goal of mine is to get that fixed so it's no longer called Freezeburger, though people kind of love it for that reason um it's just even in our neighborhood uh my uh a couple members of my family just flood a uh flat piece of grass and every and i don't even know who keeps it up it literally has a shack it has lights uh kids play on it it's small that's just how Duluth is with hockey and youth hockey. And I'm so proud. You mentioned the bubble hockey machine. Colin um, put like a quarter acceptor thing in it, but we do, it doesn't, you can play it for free, but all the quarters that go into it go to the ice hockey, the youth ice hockey organization oh, uh, awesome. in town, which is just super cool. I also uh, found a really lucrative like solution to advertising on the board. So oh, yeah. now that I know how to take the bubble off, we were able to, um, we were able to put advertising around the boards and oh, I can that's sell not, that's a awesome. one inch slot for like, I don't know, $200. Uh, I mean, look at those impressions. Send you a sticker to slap onto those boards. Here we yeah. go. Yeah. The soda Do pod, it. Let's go. Yeah. Do it. We'll oh, make you amazing. a little thing. It's yeah. Cool. We put so when so when we launched our new top tap room um, as a thank you, I put all our, uh, all our partners in that project around the rink boards uh, on the bubble hockey. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. Wow. Love your connection it. to hockey, your connection to music, you two are, you know, so incredibly nice. Are you sure you're not Canadian? Are you sure Duluth's just not it's pretty Ontario? close? The only Canadian thing <laughs> we have in our brewery is all of our fermenters. Uh, it's all, they were all built in Prince Edward Island. Yeah. Uh, oh, nice. So they're Canadian fermenters. So by proxy, you're drinking Canadian beer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. <laughs> 
Well, all right, that's all uh, I got for them, Hoppy. I don't know about you. No, I was just going to say, I, I feel like this is first of, you know, many appearances um, just with, I mean, look at that. Isha's smiling over there. This is new. <laughs> um, no, <laughs> it's been great having you guys. He loves the music. I love anything that's Minnesota talk. And we got beer and hockey. It's all we can ask for at, and some because look at that shirt that Colin's rocking right now. Again, if you're on the podcast, tune in for that alone. <laughs> um, but before we let you guys go here, uh, anything at all that's coming up, I don't know if there's you know events, new beer releases, anything at all that you want to plug, now's the time. Well, I would replug Classic. Um, again, it was going to be one of our biggest uh, releases, came out last March. Uh, we're going to revamp that. Uh, to come out again and it's just an amazing easy drinking cream ale that we all love and adore and we just can't wait for more yep. people to try it tastes like hockey yep we want it tastes to be on like hockey tastes like hockey it. uh and we want it to be on draft on i mean in a good way sorry yeah <laughs> yeah not in the bag way <laughs> yeah in, in a good way <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's the slow taste like hockey in the, in the best way yeah. <laughs> what else um, anything else no, no, that's you nailed it there's yeah. tons of cool stuff happening duluth feels like it's opening up everywhere it does so get out to those patios support the bars and restaurants yes they need it they need it so badly um and just well, let's have a great summer uh, amazing again laura Collin from bent paddle brewing company so excited to have you uh we'll have you back on again uh on the other side folks we're diving into some minnesota wild talk some more minnesota wild and hockey talk we'll go around the nhl we're bringing in josh letty our friend from back channel brewery we got two for one today on the Damn. soda pod episode 155 thanks to everyone tuning in on the live stream facebook youtube twitter and twitch and of course everybody listening back on the podcast diving into hockey talk on the other side thanks again colin and laura when we started a small brewery in a small neighborhood here in Duluth, Minnesota, we started, well, small. Our focus was, and still is, brewing super clean and consistent beers, brewed with the water of Lake Superior. Our beer remains at the heart of who we are, but what we've discovered is that by growing with you, together, we've become so much more, fueled by like-minded people who like to do the same things we do. Our passion for brewing great beer has grown into passions like our Paddle It Forward initiative, where we support our community that cares about the same things we do and likes our beers as much as we do. We live for this community, but we don't just live for it. We celebrate it. We celebrate the beer. We celebrate friendship, family, the environment, the challenge, the chill, our town, your town, and everywhere in between. We appreciate that our beer is better when we're together. You're listening to the Soda Pod episode 155 presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, we got we got some Twitter comments coming in or some Facebook comments those on the live stream. Jason Bryant says love me some bent paddle. Uh, so do we and Colin Lore were great. Uh, Josh is joining us for the rest of the show from Back Channel Brewing. How's it going, man? Hey, it's going very well. Sorry about the kitchen sink back there. Just got done grilling a nice meal, and uh, it was fun listening to the latter part of the Bent Paddle interview. Great people up there. Love uh, stopping into the tap room whenever we get to Duluth. All Pints North is happening again, and we're making plans, so it's always one of the stomping grounds uh, that we go to when we visit up there. But, yeah, yes, so, doing well so over here. That's awesome. For all those listening on the podcast, uh, we indeed can see Josh's 
kitchen. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> and then Josh, before we get into anything, we got we got to squash this right now. Clearly, we've got a beef brewing here for round one. We're not talking about the wild. We're both cheering for them. I know. Um, you you don't have much of a choice, I guess, right? I mean, it, if if not for your nephew, you probably wouldn't care about the Islanders one way or the other. You know, I really respect the Islanders, though. The last major pro sports team to four peat, and uh, just I love the fact that they're they're you know they're kind of the underdogs of New York. So I can get behind that. But yes, you are correct. Uh, the nephew in there <laughs> definitely helps out. Um, but, uh, new, you know, the Islanders do a great job of bringing in Minnesota players. So they're, they're a state, they're a team that, uh, anybody from Minnesota can get behind. So hoping those aisles can pull it together. Anyone but hoppy. Right. Pretty much. Yeah. Well, everyone in Minnesota is cheering for a better draft pick. And now I'm just totally in one because uh, I, I have a bet now going with Mark Parrish that if Pittsburgh advances, he has to come on our podcast. And if the Islanders advance, I have to drink Northland vodka on every episode until the Islanders are eliminated. And I say have to, not in the sense that like it's like it's actually good vodka. I drank some before the show as you know a goodwill gesture towards Mark for accepting the bet. But, uh, you know, obviously th- this is the soda pod. I- I'd much rather be drinking nice Minnesota beers than vodka. But guess what? If New York Islanders win, buckle in. I'm going to need a lot of recommendations <laughs> for mixers because I'm going to have to change things up a bit because I'm I'm a big uh, black cherry fresca guy mixing with vodka. <laughs> and that's not available. That's not available right now in stores. So it's I don't know what to do. Either. I've never heard of such a thing. Well, they you discontinue live in Canada like that. Um. You know, that's a win-win for, for Mark and Northlands there because he's getting promotion, you know, whether he jumps on the podcast and he's getting promotion for the rest of, like, the summer. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, it's a win-win for me because it's just fun. I, I have a problem. I, I like to bet on things, so. <laughs> uh, Marcus Hunt, as a Vegas fan, I just want to say good game. Uh, game three will be interesting. Uh, it will be interesting. It, it will, will be, be tight. It will be tough, just like the series has been thus far. Let's dive into some wild talk before we go around the NHL a little bit uh, with, with Josh here. And again, thanks thanks for joining us, Josh. We'll, we'll get into some back channel stuff uh, before we let you go here for sure. But I'm just I'm just itching to dive into some hockey talk. And I want to say this, and, and, I, and I know our producer is <laughs> going to chime in too because he's the one who first texted me this. I, I correct me if I'm wrong, fellas, but Kaprizov single-handedly lost that game for the Minnesota Wild. Like that is some bush league, you know, play right there. What, what did you say, producer? You're ta- uh, talking about this tripping penalty. No, that's the trip that they show referees when they're trading them. Like this is a classic tripping call. Like it wasn't even trying to hack for the puck. He just clipped his skate and just pulled. Like you ain't bass fishing here, man. It was a this nice is, clean this is, trip. I'll this give is him that. the National Hockey League, and you need to you need to get one late in this game if you want to salvage it. And he a hundred percent. You know, that that was on him. So I just have to say, I know we've been praising Kaprizov this entire year as we should, but right now I am shitting on him and I'm going to shit on him until he uh, redeems himself in game three because that was horrible. I'm just here for the golden lights. Perfectly placed. (laughs) Maybe he was just trying to channel his inner Brad Marchand and take a dirty penalty and then go and like revive the game and score some game winners. Yeah, yeah, but Marchand's more creative about it, right? <laughs> I, I know, like, he's I know, not just taking me. a simple, simple he's trip. A pro. Like, he's he's gonna <laughs> lick the guy. Your I don't face. Know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Save the fishing for the lake. There's plenty of them in Minnesota. <laughs> and you know what? Like 
all in all, I, I understand some fan frustration because there were like some ignored and missed calls, but anyone out there right now, I, I'm telling you, I, I don't care. Be mad. They were not remotely as blatant as this trip. That was the easiest call I've ever seen. Exactly that. Exactly that. Yeah, blatant. And I saw, you know, people were going back and forth on Twitter. Obviously, there's the passionate fans who are, you know, siding with Wild regardless. And that's understandable. You know, nothing against them. That's your team. But then there was some, some of the other, well, some of the smart fans, like there's, some, there's Minnesota fans are some of the best and smartest hockey fans out there coming out of the woodworks on Twitter being like, okay, I don't really talk much. You know, I kind of just lurk here, but that was a fucking penalty. That was a trip. Shut the fuck up. And I was, I was glad to see some of those people who usually don't speak up, uh, really <laughs> nail it down and be like, no, 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 no. Like that was a bad, <laughs> bad play. I like how Isha usually is the one that's reserved and I'm the one that takes digs and loses us followers. But this time he says the smart fans came out and said this. Yep. I'm <laughs> let's go. It's getting heated. It's playoff times. Um, it's that time of year where all the smart guys really come out too. <laughs> <laughs> Big smart guy here. Um, like I said, tight, tight series overall. Wild were able to put a lot of shots on in the first period in game two. They weren't able to do that in game one. I think they only had like five shots on net in game one coming out of the first period. But it, it dried up real quick as I think they only got like 10 in the second. And I don't know how many in the third, but it was it, it, they didn't they didn't lay down the gas in, in the third period. And as we saw there, you know, Kaprizov was not on the Russian gas as he took that bad Sure. But anyways, uh, other other notes from this game, boys, other than the obvious one and Marc-Andre Fleury again, you know, flashing the leather, standing on his head, getting getting all the praise that uh, some Minnesota fans don't think uh, he should be getting uh, over Talbot. Yeah, I was waiting for you, Hoppy. Well, you know, we, we were te- <laughs> we were. Yeah, you got to give the credit to Talbot. I mean, yes, Fleury Fleury's moving up in the charts, right? So that's why he's getting a lot of praise, a little bit more extra than an unknown, you know, your average Joe does not know who Cam Talbot is. So yeah, of course they're going to play up that storyline of Marc-Andre Fleury. Um, but I almost sent a, a text to Hoppy being like, Oh, you know, I think that Vegas is going to come out like the Penguins did against the Islanders and just get that jump on them and maintain. I was very impressed with just the overall team defense and Cam Talbot taking that shutout um so deep into the into the game you know i mean that was when did they score i can't remember when they scored their first goal last days the last uh 24 hours have been a blur but uh um (laughs) it it, was was approximately 18 seconds after the wild right oh yeah that's right oh my gosh yeah that was a dagger i forgot about that that was yeah we didn't need that love to see tuck just bury them you know what okay People need to shut up about the tuck thing because I'm pretty sure that was to protect Brodeen. And I'm pretty sure every Minnesota Wild fan salivates over Brodeen. Well, guess what? They salivate over Dumba still. They think yeah, yeah, that yeah. he needs to be kept. That I need a whole new episode to go into no, I, well, why Dumba needs to be gone. But that, that Well, I have that on the list. So if we're going to talk about that, let's just dive right into it. All right, because... Let's do it right now. I uh, basically ran the math. So next year with the players that are coming off the books, which well done, Garen, like you set yourself up to be able to do whatever you want with this team, kind of shifted how you want. Uh, there's going to be tw- a little over $21 million in cap space. Yep. We need to sign three key RFAs, that being Kaprizov, Fiala, and Eriksson 
if Garen pulls a horseshoe out of his ass, that'll cost 15 million. Realistically, more in the 18, worst case 20 range. There goes all of that. And you've still got to sign one or two forwards and a defenseman. And we're still very much of the mind that we need to get a top six center. Hopefully Rossi can come in and play first or second line center. That'd be great. That's still not a guarantee. The guy hasn't played all year. He's going to bed worrying that he is going to die in his sleep because of his heart. So he is far from a guarantee. But let's just say things go well and he's a top, you know, we'll, we'll give him second line center. We need someone else that can play on that first line or you're back to the same shit as this year where, hey, maybe you can compete. Maybe you can't. Like you're kind of on that fringe in the first round. You got to take a step forward. And I know that's what Garen wants to do. And let's be real, guys. Next year, the division's going to be a hell of a lot harder than this year. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's impossible. It's impossible to move forward with the the defense, with Matt Dumba still in the fold due to, you know, the, the money on the books and also that they... <laughs> They, they need a spot for some of their younger players to come up to, and one of their defensemen just can't move forward with this team. It's, it's just the way it is. Hoppy described it well there. I, t- I went back and forth on Twitter a little bit, and we've talked about this on the Soda Pod before. Whether you want to look at it that the Wild chose Brodine or Dumba, they, they kind of did, giving Brodine that, the right, that contract. They made the right choice. <laughs> and, and I believe, yes, they did make the right choice. Now, Sorry. this is taking nothing away from Matt Dumba, who's an yeah, exciting cool. defenseman, who's a great locker room guy, and a, a great person from what I've heard you know, from, from everyone who's dealt with him in the locker room and on the media side. <laughs> this is the business. This is the nature of the game. It's, it's, it's not a bad thing to see that this team is evolving and addressing spots that they need to. Because do we really want a, a center at the you know the skill level of a Victor Rask who can't fucking bury his shots and hits the crossbar every time Kaprizov and Fiala set him up. No. And they need to clear up money to be able to bring in a center, whether it's developing that one and then being able to pay him and also paying the guys they have uh, right now and they need for next year. Anything else yeah. from this series, this game, Josh uh, Hoppy, that you wanted to bring up? Um, I, didn't, I didn't take as many notes as I did last time. Obviously... It's a tight game. They're they're playing kind of the same way. There, there wasn't anything too much other than you know the things that I've already beaten to death. You know, Flurry Kaprizov. Uh, anything before we move on to just some NHL talk here, boys? That you wanted to highlight from this series? Yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't catch the last uh, couple of shows you guys had, but I just want to commend the effort of Jordan Green Jordan Greenway right now. I think that uh, him being able to just muscle around, I think it's just. Imp- it's good for him. I know he's in that he's he's in that contract here. He's kind of really need to he needs to show the type of player that he can be. But he's doing it right now, and I respect that. And hopefully, he can retain that type of play and actually pick it up a little bit and find this next level that uh, you know the NHL playoffs can can create in a player. No, absolutely. I've I've loved this play thus far as well. Uh, Sean Cosgrove tuning in on YouTube. Thanks for tuning in, Sean. According to the Evolving Hockey website, which, by the way, go support Evolving Hockey. Great Minnesota guys. Unbelievable analytics. Uh, contract projections are Kaprizov, 7.26 over five years. Fiala, 6.33 over five years. And Eric Sinek, 4.4 over four years. Love wait, all wait, those wait. contracts. So, so, so quick math, though, Isha. That comes I'm, pretty I'm damn close that. to 18, which is exactly what I yeah. goddamn so, said, so, you know, which is why you're... we need to move Dumba or Parisi. 
love the passion and yes oh. that uh, no but that that hoppy you you are the smart one here because saying that shows these are all good contracts if you look at those numbers those are contracts you want for Capri, these guys and this, will be higher <laughs> no yes but you know what i'm just reading that right there and it's already at eight million 18 million it's going to be at 20 with you know caprizo probably I, getting another mil i i don't know i'm looking at it and i think that's pretty close to 18 i mean yeah it's going to be <laughs> I'm not asking you to do the math. This isn't the metric system. So just like, just like, uh, just like this series, it's going to be tight. Um, I, Josh, what do you got on tap? What are you drinking here tonight? I'm actually just drinking an American light lager. It's called Nurture. It's in my uh -huh. drink local glass because I didn't have. I cracked it a little while ago and I threw the can away because that's <laughs> kind of the nature of the beast sometimes. But it's a 4.25 percent American light rice lager. It's just a nice, light, crispy boy, and uh, it's that time of the year, so got to get after it. Got to have those beers you can put down when you're watching these great playoff games over time again. That's been the right story now. of the, the playoffs this year. It's it's awesome because you got to love some overtime hockey. Isn't it nice, though, yeah. that people get to watch this oh. overtime game? Isn't that incredible? <laughs> yeah. Hoppy, by the That's way, 17.99. Hashtag math guy producer Dylan over here. So there you go. Impressive. Uh, we made the rounds in the hoppy hour folks, Josh, we just asked him what was on tap for him. We obviously want to hear from you, the listeners on the podcast, on the live stream, uh, wherever you are digesting this soda pod content, let us know. You can comment at the soda pod on Facebook and Twitter, or leave us a text and voicemail 612-324-1684, whether it's the weekend, whether it's midweek, we want to hear what's on tap with you okay one last break on the other side just just a couple topics as we go around the nhl before we close out this show and uh, i just want to give a quick rant as i usually do about the the biggest joke of the league the draft lottery odds are official now that the season is complete even though the playoffs are going we'll get into all of that and wrap up the show on the other side you're listening to the soda pod episode 155 presented by the hockey podcast network HF Boards is the internet's largest and long-running community for discussion surrounding ice hockey, including coverage on the NHL, college teams, and anywhere else the sport is played globally. Join in nearly half a million of active conversations happening on HF Boards today. Last segment here on the Soda Pod episode 155. This NHL season at the time of this recording is officially over. Even though the playoffs have begun, the Calgary Flames and the Vancouver Canucks wrapped up their final game of the season. Uh, the Canucks, honestly, I didn't even watch this one, boys. I was working, but I'm pretty sure the Canucks blew it. Uh, I was I was seeing some tweets. Our friend Matt Sakaris, friend of the Soda Pod, was saying that the, the Canucks uh, don't give a fuck meter is, is up there at 10 in this game, as I believe they were, they were down by three right in the beginning. But hey. That's that's the nature of the beast when the the playoffs are going on and you're still trying to finish your season. I will say they they finally had some of these young guns join the roster and play out the rest of the year, which is always nice to see because they at least play with a little something something. The Canucks with their I guess just shitty luck this year, they weren't able to even call up some of these guys or dress them. 
um, because they maxed out their their call-ups for the year and there were just a bunch of rules, uh, AHL, NHL call-up rules and whatnot uh, that impeded them to give these guys a lot of games. So it, it was tough for Canucks fans at the end of this season. What was even more tough, and this kind of, is, again, I know this is a Minnesota Wild podcast, but this is just going to go like, this is league-wide news right now. You know, so many stories coming out and so many quotes coming out from just those reporters in the hockey world who are saying that like the Canucks right now are like one of the biggest jokes of the league in regards to just how silly their management is and how they're perceived by the rest of the national hockey league. Um, It it was announced uh, not officially, but with, uh, with various reporters at West saying that general manager, Jim Benning is going to be coming back. And furthermore, Daniel and Henrik Sedin and Jeff Cortnell may be joining the Canucks uh, former players who've had success in their careers, but with little to no experience in in managing a team. Now they're not coming in in any official roles as of what we know yet. But this this godforsaken franchise just keeps shooting themselves in the foot and just is losing consumer confidence. And the product on the ice isn't getting any, getting getting any better. They have a great core, um, but hey, like any team in the National Hockey, you can have a great core if you don't know how to build a a team a sound team around them and put the right pieces on the management side to succeed. I mean, we saw in Minnesota wild that that can fall apart quickly. And, you know, culture, I think is an important thing up and down, you know, a locker room and, uh, and in the front office and the Canucks are doing themselves no favors right now, boys. (laughs) They should just bring back those beret jerseys for when he was (laughs) killing it. Please. I would love that. Yeah. I think a lot of it's yelling into the void, man. Like, to be completely honest, I know you don't want to hear that, but like, look at the task that was put on Benning's plate this off season. There was no chance that he could match the contracts for Markstrom for Tanev. He kind of dropped the ball with Defoley. He actually well didn't with, offer uh, Tanev a contract. One. He didn't offer Tanev a contract. He didn't he, offer Troy Stetcher a contract. Uh, right. And the Stetcher one and Toffoli was the offer one, for Toffoli. No, nothing. There was no offer. Come on. Those, those are so bad, bad. But there's no chance that you beat the offer that Tanev has given. There's no chance that you beat the offer that Markstrom has given. You are Markstrom, trying yes, to insulate. That, that's fine. Tanev, 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 I think Bullshit. there would have been a conversation at you, least. Would you, would you yeah. have matched that contract for Misha? No, but I, the thing is, I... I the thing is, Calgary didn't offer him that contract. Like there was no initial negotiations. It, Jim yeah, Benning, they didn't even, them. you know, they didn't even start at a number where maybe they could work on something and Tanev would take that. a hometown discount. You here's, don't know here's that. why there's no excuse, boys. Jim Benning got himself into this situation when he gave out contracts like Jay Beagle, Anton Roussel, uh, Louis Erickson. It's all like these are all contracts. And the final keeping, straw was Tanner Pearson. Uh, well, Louis Erickson. I mean, Beagle was definitely the blunder of all of that. That was the dumbest no, sign I've ever seen. Fucking all-star. <laughs> fucking all-star Jay Beagle. Should have been MVP of the Stanley Cup playoffs. I don't know. He, he was the first one that Dylan listed. So yeah. he should no, have look, I love Jay Beagle. Fucking horrible contract. <laughs> no, yeah. And agree with those. But I'm saying, why not fire him sooner then? Because what he's done going into this season, like largely, he hasn't done anything any worse than he's done previously. If anything, he's managed it better because he knows he has a couple monster fucking contracts coming his way. 
Yeah, it's not just what happens on the ice. It's that the management has gone thin as well and losing some great key pieces and they're not even being a president. Uh, Sean Kostrov sounds rough about the Canucks. At least Leopold swallowed his pride and fired Fenton after year one. Yeah, this is pushing year eight. And it, the thing that frustrates great me point. is... <laughs> great point. The thing that frustrates me, and again, you can take the just the Canucks veil out of it. This is this is for any any team and, and how a, a hockey team, I think, just should be run. You assess the the moves and the plan that a general manager puts forward, and maybe you give them two chances. Whether it's someone who's maybe it's a run of the mill kind of classic way to build a team and move forward, kind of like the the Jimmy Rutherford style, or you know those experienced general managers who can get in, they know what to do. Maybe they're not do, going to do anything special. They're not going to do anything unique and uh, and new, you know, like a new wave style of managing a team, but they're going to get the job done and be competitive. Jim Benning tried to do too many unique things. They didn't work. And now he's just dug himself such a, such a hole. And it's just like, as, from an ownership perspective, you have to be like, okay, it's over. Like it's not working anymore. And the fact that he's bringing them back, it just blows my mind. My point was more that, like, should he be their GM? No. But if they didn't think that he was a problem last year and let him do all the things that he did, in comparison, like, this year, he's done what he needed to do. And so, for that reason, if they were already okay with him, I'm not shocked they're bringing him back. Yeah, it's... They're probably just chalking it up to a COVID year. No, that's exactly what they're doing. That's exactly that's exactly what they're doing. Again... Tanner Pearson. Exactly that. Tanner Pearson was the the final straw. Nothing against the player, but you're throwing three by threes out there like they're nothing. Anyways, hey, I mean, we'll, hey, TP was going uh, for for a lot since the beginning of COVID. Anyways, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> just goes right with it. That was good. That was oh, good. Oh, he's uh, waiting for that. La- no, no, I, I couldn't even say that right. It just popped up. So <laughs> <laughs> last thing I wanted to bring up was uh, the draft lottery odds. Since it is the end official end of the season are in Buffalo Sabres. Where's um, Joey? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. And Joey, I, I, I know he's probably going to be listening or, or watching us at some point. We'll get into it when you're, when you're back on, but Buffalo Sabres 16.6% with the first position, Anaheim ducks, 12.1% Seattle Kraken at three with 10.3%. New Jersey Devils also 10.3. Um, Arizona Coyotes, which is hilarious. What's going on with them? Because their their pick, obviously they had to forfeit it. So I was hearing mixed things on my you know local radio station that I listen to here in that are, are they actually participating in the draft? And if they hit, say, the first overall that they're just going to redraft or are they just not in it at all, thus you know further tinkering with the percentage? Math is hard, as you have already mentioned. So they don't want to mess with the other percentages to balance things out. So they'll probably leave them in. And if they get drawn, it's just thrown out. Yeah, that would be my okay. guess. That's what I was hearing, but it was kind of unconfirmed. Because even like, you know, like, like Sportsnet and, and some of these bigger sources were like, honestly, we haven't got any of this confirmed yet by, by like the NHL. This is just kind of what we've been hearing. So I just wanted to see what you guys have been hearing on that as well. Yeah. And so the real question here for me is my friends who are legally allowed to bet on sports because they don't live in Minnesota. How much money should they bet on the Rangers winning the lottery? Cause oh. I mean, there's gotta be big odds for it. And we all know it's like 50, 50, whether they get it or not. So yeah, they've, they've lucked out as of late. Oh, my friend won money last year off of it. <laughs> lucked out. <laughs> <laughs> How many goals does Lafreniere have hoppy Four. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. People need to get off that. <laughs> 
That was Sorry, four one. points. I remember I said he had like four points in one episode. He had like fucking twenty something. <laughs> he had nineteen. He had nineteen. Well, he he peaked at the end when everybody kind of when well when everybody was putting all their attention towards Adam Fox and what he was doing. Lafrenia was able to sneak some goals and some garbage goals. They were yeah. primarily garbage goals. I didn't see anything that was impressive by any means. Yeah, people got to get off this where like everyone needs to come into the league like Crosby and Ovechkin, right? Like these guys got to develop. Look at Hughes, how much better he looked this year. Like before. Obviously, they went through their COVID spell. Like, Isha, you saw firsthand with Vancouver how much that can kind of derail a team and set them back. He looked good. And last year, everyone's like, oh, that was a bust. Like, these guys are young players. Not everyone can jump in and play right away. I, hey, I do look think... Sinek. Look at yeah. Eric Sinek and his development. Do you think, you know, he was coming in... Totally. Steven Stamkos, yeah. no. another big example. That, 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 I mean, no, that's people. Barry Melrose's fault. That's some bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> when first rounders that do well at the World Juniors from Canada or for like top three players, you do kind of expect them to like bring a little bit at the table. And because he was on the Schneid for so long to start, you know, I think that put the mic the, the magnifying glass on him a little bit. And you know, if he would have probably put a potted a few more goals earlier on, I don't think I would have had that initial impression of him. But yeah, you're right. You got to give players a chance. Well, and it's a little, a bit, a little bit year too for a rookie. Like right? a new brewery, like, right? It's like a new brewery. <laughs> you, can, you can't judge that right away after the first. No, nope, you got you got to give them a couple of tries over the first year, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 A few different flights. Um, great segue, Josh. What do you guys? Uh, what do you guys got going on at back channel there? It's been it's been a little bit since you've uh, joined the Soda Pod. Oh, I mean, we've got a whole summer plan, but now that things are back to normal, which is great. Um, well, back, you know, back to normal ish. Uh, we're in jeopardy of losing our significantly amazingly large patio, but, uh, the city of spring park is great to work with and, um, confident that we'll be able to retain all that. But we got all these crazy adventures, uh, planned for the summer. Every Friday we're going to do these sunset sets. So it's just going to be like this, um, musical experience to wind down your Fridays as you kick off the weekend. And we're going to do that inside our large parking lot. And we won't be able to do that if uh, we lose our patio. So, you know, I actually had a conversation with um, Mince, uh, this dude on Met Council, which is like the governing body for occupancy and um, code and things like that. And I was talking about potentially rewriting some code because of COVID and that would be huge. So that's, you know, I would love to be just like thinking about beer stuff, but unfortunately we have to be thinking about business stuff, uh, right now. It just now. never ends for you, eh? <laughs> yeah, it never ends. I mean, we have all intentions to put on a great summer for people and we will, and we're confident in that, but you know, all the little hidden barriers that kind of block your train of thought and like what you want to do, you have to, it's, it's hurdles you have to jump over, but they're non-existent hurdles and nobody sees them except for you. And there, it gets tiring continuously jumping over all these imaginary um, hurdles that continuously pop up. And it's different from city to city, from county to county, from state to state, to country to country. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, we're, we're happy that there's warm weather. And uh, it's that's all we can kind of focus on right now. Yeah, well, yeah I mean, you're, you're so lucky, too, because you're not doing it alone. I mean, you got such a great team there at Back Channel as well. Um, and, yeah, you, you guys always seem to... Fight through any hurdle, jump jump over them with uh, with ease, and to be able to put on a bunch of great events and and continue to brew some good beer. Um, any it. seasonal stuff that you can remind uh, our listeners that you got uh, on tap right now, or anything coming uh, in the next few months? 
Yeah, so there's a lot of Bladerade that's going to be brewed this summer. Nice. Um, that's our rollerblade beer. And uh, keep keep your eye out and the lookout for lots of rollerblade events that we'll have this summer. Um, we got a, a special Zubas release coming out, and that's going to be super badass. It's going to eventually become a seasonal beer and probably parlay it more or less with like football season, kind of in the oh, fall, because yeah. that's when Zubas are just in their 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 prime their prime mode. But yeah, I mean that's that's just it. We're churning and burning. We're kind of just playing chasing our tail right now because our new system is going to be up online pretty soon and uh, when that is uh, up and running then we're going to be in a really good place place where we can finally get back to doing some collabs and um, have a little bit more freedom from a, from a production standpoint where it's just like you know barely keeping our head above water right now so oh. it's really cool the Minnesota beer community is great our local community is great and yeah good times Burning and turning. Uh, thanks to those tuning in on Google and Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Folks, the best thing you do for us this week, any week, any day, give us a five-star review and rating on iTunes and Apple Podcast. Um, it, it just It's not for our ego. It just helps us gain more listeners and boosts us on the ratings on Chartable. Uh, if you're a fan of the sport, if you're a fan of hockey podcasts, we have one for you. Go listen through our website, thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. And on your app, please download any episode you listen to uh, before listening as it helps our business. Don't forget to follow myself at VI Sports Talk. You can follow the Soda Pod at the Soda Pod. You can follow Back Channel on Instagram and Facebook. You can also follow Hoppy at State of Hoppy on Instagram, Twitter, and now tiktok where we didn't even plug that and we had listeners find you um great content there on tiktok admittedly i still have to make an account <laughs> episode 155 boys in the books anything else before we sign off here nah start watching this playoff hockey game if you're not still time yep it's, yeah. it's incredible that i'm halfway through this overtime and i can still watch it all the channels haven't been switched to the exact same game. It, <laughs> yeah, it's, right? It's amazing. Um, yeah. God. It's just the way the playoff hockey should be, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Here, finish it. Start a game and finish it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right, Josh. Man. Thanks for jumping on. This was a fun one, Hoppy. Sunday, it's going to be a banger. Two games in between these two podcasts. A lot to talk about. Uh, we'll hopefully have a great guest to run it all down as well. But until then, signing off, I'm Isha Dromi alongside the state of Hoppy, Josh Lee from Back Channel Brewing. This has been the Soda Pod presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. We good, boys? We good. Don't fear, just drink some beer and stay wild. Now a show that's going to give you the truth about the biggest epidemic of our times. We're all a little crazy. We're all a little crazy is brought to you by the Same Here Global Mental Health Movement and the Hockey Podcast Network. This is NHL great mental health advocate and member of the Same Here Alliance, Theo Fleury. This is 20-year professional sports executive, mental health advocate, and founder of the hashtag Same Here Global Mental Health Movement, Eric Cusin. This is Darren Ravel, sports business insider, mental health advocate, and founder of the Same Here Influencer Alliance. We're so afraid as a society to rip the Band-Aid off the topic in a real way. Anytime you open up about something that's controversial or taboo, the first one through the wall always gets bloodied. And that's why we're doing this. We don't mind being the ones getting bloodied. 
we put our stories out there well before it was a thing to do for a reason. Because as much as they're extreme examples of how far you can fall, they show everyone the challenging life experiences impact everyone, even those of us who have reached the top of our competitive industries. The issue in media today, traditional media and social media, we are so quick to look for simple answers, simple explanations. We want everything wrapped in a bow. But this topic is messy. The nuances need to be explained. Yeah, it needs real long-form conversation like this. I'm just thrilled that we can be real with people and address the current events happening in this space in real time and set the record straight. More talk happening doesn't mean it's helping the conversation move forward. The words we use matter. We have the greatest mental health awareness in the history of our planet, and yet the mental health trends and outcomes are awful. It means the current messages aren't working. Find me a person who hasn't faced trauma in their lives. Anyone. You can. Things have affected all of us. It's why we all say we are all a little crazy in our own unique ways. This topic isn't for one in five of us with mental illness. It's for five in five whose mental health has been impacted. This isn't an athlete issue. It's not a musician issue. It's a societal one. This is the greatest epidemic of our time. No, it's not about stopping any stigma. It's about us all saying same here. Our openness and the commonality in our struggles, that's what erodes stigma better and faster than any campaign telling people to stop anything ever will. Available on all podcast apps. Do us a favor and download each episode before you listen. And if you're an Apple user, please rate and review the podcast as it helps us get these important conversations out to reach a larger audience.